Hello. Oh, hello. Welcome to Diet Riot Podcast. With Brooke and Alyssa Miller. Brooke and Alyssa Miller. Killing it. Over the FaceTime screen. Looking at each other's beautiful faces. <laughs> we'll figure it out. They get it. They've been here before. Most of them. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, they know we're a hot mess. <sighs> I just realized my notes were turned to my to-do list and not what we're talking about, so... Oh, that's good. My notes are on my phone, so if you <laughs> see me, like, looking around weird, it's because I'm looking at my phone. I am an old pen and paper so, kind of gal, like a weirdo. So today oh. we're talking about food safety, because it's oh so fun. Ooh, ooh. It's an exciting topic. Just the most fun that you can have with nutrition is food safety. <laughs> Do you feel... But you know what? It's, it's good to know, with all the picnics and things going on in the summer... I do feel like summer is a good time to talk about it, which is why we decided to talk about it. Are you like a food safety police or no? I'm not like a freak about it, but I make Jesse check the temperature of the meat while we are grilling out. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten better um, as I've aged now that I'm in my golden years of almost 30. So close. But I don't know. I used to be like a real freak about it and like would correct anyone that I saw something doing, like seeing them doing something wrong. I would correct them or like cross contamination is my biggest thing that like freaks me out. Yes, I actually just said something to somebody the other day because they were using a meat cutting board with Mm -mm. vegetables. And I was like, oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. You do not do that. I'm not dying. I'm not dying today. (laughs) Damn it, Patrice. I'm not dying today. This is not how I'm going down. I refuse. (laughs) How did Brooke die? Oh, she just ate off of a, yeah, directly ate vegetables off of a meat cutting board. No big deal. Um, yeah, so I don't know what you looked up. Did you look stuff up, or is this just because you're a dietitian and uh, you know all the things? No, I definitely looked things up for a refresher because Alyssa and I, I'm sure we both <laughs> passed our Serve Safe certified test. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, um, uh, what, seven years ago? A long no. time. Mine was probably seven years ago. I passed it. It expired. Yeah, sure. I, mine's definitely expired. I don't even know how to renew it. Is it like a test online? Probably. And not that we need it. We don't work in food safety, so um, we don't need it (laughs) anymore. But I remember, the first thing I remember from ServeSafe is the temperature danger zone. The danger zone. (laughs) (laughs) And what is that, Brooke? What's that zone? The temperature danger zone is 40 degrees to 140 degrees for two hours. Yep. For perishable food. And so, if we're going on a picnic or grilling out, which, you know, we do a lot in the summer, it's fine to get your um, food to that temperature short term, but you don't want it in that temperature for over two hours. So, you want to keep things in the fridge that need to stay cold in the fridge as long as possible, and then if it's getting that to that two-hour mark, you need to put it back in the fridge. Or, if it's... Um, meat or something and you're letting it sit out for two hours then you're gonna have to toss it you don't want it in that zone 40 to 140 for over two hours 40 to 140 
Yeah. So basically that's the temperature that like bacteria grow the most rapidly. So when you have food sitting out in that, anywhere in that area, which room temperature is what? Like, I mean, when I'm pregnant in the summer, it's like 69 degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm so hot. But seriously, so basically just sitting out at room temperature for any longer than two hours, you're starting to play a risky game, I would say. A risky game. A risky game. Or like a risky game that ends in diarrhea. (laughs) 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 Or bombing. I don't know which one's worse. Like, can we just say that you're like 37 weeks pregnant, um, and I'm just, I'm just like not doing well with sleep. So. Oh. Oh, it, I love that. A risky game that ends in diarrhea. That's currently the title of this episode right now. It should be. I and don't think our favorite quote. <laughs> no. Uh, so um, it's funny though because I feel like I learned two to four hours was like the range of it sitting out, and everywhere oh, I see no. now it says two hours. So I'm, I'm probably have had diarrhea before because of this <laughs> because issue. Remember I mean, that one time that I got sick at your house and you got sick, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that the either the shrimp or the meat wasn't cooked all the way because Alyssa and I were. Puking. <laughs> it's a good day. It's a really good day. Oh, oh food safety. It's. I mean, it's food a risky safety. business. So get all that bacteria. This kind of goes along with our last week episode about gut health. Because if you have good mm-hmm. gut health and you eat some food that's a little borderline, you'll probably be fine. If you've got a weak yeah. gut or immune system and you eat food that's a little on the borderline, you might uh, you might be puking or diarrheaing or ringing, diarrheaing. Diarrhea. Yeah, and, there's, <laughs> and there's some really bad oh born illnesses that you do not want to get. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're like laughing a lot about diarrhea, but there are some scary ones that are life threatening. People die. People die. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is not funny. <laughs> Why are we this struggling? Inappropriate today? time to be laughing. <laughs> but people do die because of food safety. Oh, I should have looked up how many people. It's not like a ton, but like salmonella, E. coli, like some of the more serious ones can definitely take you down or hospitalize you, which is also not fun, either with dehydration because of all the diarrhea and the vomiting or um, literal infection that they have to fight off, which is terrifying. So not fun. And um, so most of the people that are going to be highly affected by food safety are going to be your high risk populations. So the elderly, the pregnant, which is me. (laughs) Um, the really young, so like toddlers and younger, um, cancer patients or like trans, if you've had a transplant, those people are really like at high risk too. Anyone else? Did I miss anyone? Um, those are the main people, but yeah, Yeah. people going through cancer treatment. Yeah. Anyone Uh, with a lowered immune system, um, is going to be at higher risk. So they should take extra precautions, but definitely follow the rules that we'll get to eventually. (laughs) So I found an, uh, found a little fun fact. Um, it's not really fun, Sounds actually. Sounds fun. 40, 48 million Americans, one out of every six, gets food poisoning every year. One out of every six? Yeah. So a lot of times it gets better on their own without medical treatment. Yeah. But um, you can get the nausea, vomiting, diarrhea within hours of eating. But the tricky thing is sometimes it takes days or a week to show up. 
Yeah, that is the annoying part is sometimes I've had food poisoning and I know exactly what it was from and it was like two hours ago that I ate it and I feel horrible. And then sometimes it'll just show up randomly and it's been incubating in your gut and shows up. I've had food poisoning several times, several, but none of them have required like any medical interventions. It's just sitting in bed all day or on the toilet (laughs) or over the toilet. We were just talking about, this is a funny story that we were just talking about with my in-laws uh, the other day. Jesse, when he was um, at a very young age, like uh, in high school? No, maybe younger. I think he was in middle school. <laughs> um, he was really hungover, and he said that he was throwing up because the hot dogs weren't cooked all the way, and his dad knew that the hot dogs were pre-cooked. Pre-cooked. And so he went along <laughs> with it and was like, yeah, I see why you're throwing Oh, Jesse. Um, so we just brought that story up this week. So it's fresh in my mind. That's cool. Especially with hot dogs because they are like pretty much all pre-cooked. Yeah. It's all, so his dad was like, oh, okay. It was the hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's something so gross. I, I do not recommend this. And this is definitely against food safety. But my uncles will go fishing and they will eat raw, not raw, but cold hot dogs to keep them like satisfied during their fishing day and then also use it as bait isn't that so gross <laughs> but technically because they're pre-cooked it's fine but you still should cook hot dogs to an internal temperature of 165 because blech, 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 blech. right and within um if you guys are eating outside in a 90 degree heat it can actually spoil before that two hour window that's fair that's a good thought gross it's so hot out right now okay yeah and yeah. Should we talk about this certain types of viruses, or do, what, do you want to talk about the temperature of the you, meat? You should absolutely talk about certain types of viruses, because I didn't write anything down about that. <laughs> Ready? Go. Okay. So, neuro, norovirus, which actually, I'm pretty sure that's Terrifying. what Ashton has gotten, not a vaccine for, but when he goes to the doctor, they give him, like, this liquid, and I'm pretty sure it's to fight for um, norovirus, which is also called the stomach flu. Um, and so it typically takes like 12 to 48 hours before you get sick and it lasts a few days. I got that, um, my last week I was pregnant and it was awful. I got, I don't know which one it was because as you'll see, as she goes through some of these, a lot of them have the same symptoms. So it's hard, excuse me, it's hard to tell which one you have unless you go in and get tested or whatever. But I got food poisoning, I think, twice in my first trimester of pregnancy. And I was already, like, clearly dealing with pregnancy, nausea, and vomiting. And it was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. It's so it annoying. Okay. Yeah, salmonella is another one. It's from um, undercooked eggs and meat. Um, and then symptoms start one to three days later, and they last up to a week. Sam- so it's more long-lasting than norovirus. Oh, yeah. And salmonella, I feel like, is um, the other thing that drives me nuts is when people crack their eggs and then put their eggshells back in the egg carton. Oh, people do that. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Actually, my pre- my, my preschool teacher, I'm in preschool now, so uh, my <laughs> son's preschool teacher told me that's why they can't accept egg cartons anymore as like a fun DIY project because people keep eggs that are already cracked in their in their carton and then the carton itself has salmonella in it. So then if they, like, paint with it or touch it or whatever, like, you can't really sterilize cardboard. Oh. So, anyways, don't do that, people, <laughs> because 
when you crack an egg and then the yolk or the whatever salmonella part of the egg gets on the outside of the um, shell and then you put it back in the carton, you're spreading that on the outside of the other eggs and your hands and you can't really clean it off. Anyways, <laughs> my little shtick about salmonella. But yeah, raw undercooked chicken eggs. What do you think about listeria since you're pregnant? Oh my gosh, great question. I would love to do more research on this because we were just talking about how deli meat has now been like kind of lifted as far as being able to eat it while pregnant. You used to not be able to eat it during Mm -hmm. pregnancy because of the high risk of listeria. And now they're basically saying as long as you get it from like a reputable source and somewhere where it changes over quickly and you eat it within like two days from getting it from the deli or whatever, um, it's probably fine. And not necessarily because it's lower risk, although that is true. It's also because everything else has a higher risk of listeria now. Like there was that listeria breakout from cantaloupe. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was and like then huge. Wasn't it romaine lettuce? Yes. Romaine. Uh, was, yeah. Was that listeria? I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember what one that was. But anyways, so they're basically just saying like, oh, now all of our food supply is at risk. So just like eat it. <laughs> so you're so, screwed anyway. Just yeah. eat it. Right. So when you're pregnant, you're supposed to be like really cautious, wash everything extra, heat up deli meat, and which is still probably best practice. They also say, and I don't really feel great about this, but they also say that now, especially restaurants like Jimmy John's and places like that, their meat has an additive that like is resistant to listeria. So I don't know how, how I feel about that, but when I've craved Jimmy John's, I'm like, okay, well then I guess I can have it. <laughs> Well, when I was pregnant, I would just microwave the deli meat. Yeah. To a hot temperature. Yep. And then it's supposed to be steaming. Uh, yeah, it's steaming hot. So steaming hot. What's hopefully killing the bacteria? Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. listeria is kind of like everywhere, and that's really just because of like improper hand washing, improper um, handling of food, and it's all basically cross contaminated at the plants when it's processed, shipped delivered at your house <sighs> and it can all be contaminated it's really fun really it is fun. upbeat story <laughs> and uh, it can cause a stick oh, a stick a, stick. a stiff a stiff neck with a fever um huh. and then weakness confusion diarrhea and vomiting oh. it can be deadly jeez that sounds horrible it can be deadly to you but also like if you're pregnant to baby. your baby which is so sad. <sighs> oh, I know. Yeah. It's a really great topic. <laughs> I know. We should talk about E. coli. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about E. coli next. Um, so safe. this is from undercooked ground beef, unpasteurized milk, sprouts, um, or it can be anything that had contact with animal feces or sewage, or people go <laughs> poo-poo and don't wash their hands and then touch your food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, you guys didn't know that you'll never be eating at a restaurant again after listening to this. Yeah. But yeah, if your don't. server doesn't wash their hands after they poop, you're screwed. You have yeah. E. coli. And E. coli is very, it can be fatal as well, which is terrifying. Uh-huh. I feel like that's yeah. the one I hear the most with as far as like fatalities go, is E. coli. Yeah, so those are probably the four most common is norovirus, salmonella, E. coli, and then listeria. Yeah. Yeah, and so ground meat, 
So because of the E. coli with the ground meat that actually comes from the processing and the grinding of the meat, that those machines that grind the meat don't get cleaned as well or as often as they should, and they spread E. coli. So anytime you're looking at a food item, the less surface area, the better as far as safety goes. So something like we talked about earlier with cantaloupe or ground meat, they both have high surface areas because we think of the ground meat has been exposed to the air and then ground up and put into the middle of like a burger, which is why that has a higher temperature of cooking that you need to kill off the bacteria at. Or like a cantaloupe, it's not a smooth surface like an apple that you can just wash easily. It's got all those little like nooks and crannies that you have to really actually scrub that people (laughs) don't scrub cantaloupe. But, well, I do, but most people don't. (laughs) So um, listeria or E. coli or whatever foodborne illness can be living in those nooks and crannies and you don't actually get it clean or cooked properly. And that's how you end up with it in your body. It's real pleasant. (laughs) This is great. I'm glad we both ate lunch before this conversation. (laughs) I heated my, my pizza up to a steaming hot temperature. I ate cold pizza yesterday, so I'm I'm gonna die. It's fine. Probably. It's probably. probably 38 oh degrees. I just think of college and like how many times we ordered pizza at 2 a.m. and then left it out, and then <laughs> at like 4 a.m. you'd wake up and you're like, I'm gonna eat some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, how do we not die of foodborne illness in college? I don't know, and I do look back and I'm just like, I wonder how often I had foodborne illness and didn't and thought it was like the flu or something. But it's probably foodborne illness. (laughs) Probably. Um, Also, I feel like not really needed to say, but um, if you see mold on food, don't just cut it off and move on. Okay? Just just throw it away. Just move on. I feel like this was an argument my mom made a lot growing up, was like, oh, if you cut one inch in from the mold, you're fine. Don't do it. Don't do it. I've heard that too, actually. So There's like certain foods like cheeses that they say technically it's only like if you cut one inch away from the mold, you're probably fine. Or yeah. it's like bread is like never, like if there's mold anywhere on bread, don't eat the bread. But like, who A, who wants to keep note of all these differences in foods and how far away from the mold you need to cut away? Just throw it away. It's mold. Yeah. It's seriously. mold, people. People don't do don't it. Don't want to die. Yeah, yeah, definitely not like black mold. I feel like that's just a killer. Yeah. <sighs> no research on that, in my opinion, but uh, yeah, it looks scary. Yeah, it's not good. So as far as internal temperatures of meat, which I yes. did look up and I do have written down. <laughs> okay. Let's um, see if ours are the same. Oh yeah, good idea. Um, so. I'll start with the highest. So poultry should always be cooked to 165 internal temperature. Um, Anything ground is going to be 160 is what I found. Um, That's ideal, which is like medium well, people, (laughs) just so you know. So when you're ordering burgers like medium or rare, you're not getting to 160 there. But that is what's recommended to kill off all that bacteria. Any egg dishes are also 160, so like quiche or something like that. Hot dogs are 165, which we talked about earlier. You're supposed to cook those up to 165. Don't eat them cold out of the package. Even if they're pre-cooked, don't do it. Uh And then any sort of like full-on steaks, like we talked about with lower surface area, they haven't been ground up. But like lamb steaks, pork chops, beef steaks are all 145 is the recommended. Uh Is that what you got? Yeah, 
You got anything else? Yeah, beef, I had, like, a range from 115 to 160, so if it was ground, 160, but then, um, yeah, like, certain meat, like, you wanted to do steak, you could do it technically at, like, 115. Yeah, and I should, we should clarify, in that danger zone, that's just where that bacteria grows the fastest, 40 to 140, it still grows, and it still multiplies below 40 and above um, 140. It just way slows the rate. So uh-huh. you have a way lower risk, but also like your food will last longer <laughs> than if it was in the danger room. So, yeah. So that's why something will still go bad in the fridge eventually if it's in there long enough. Yeah. Ugh. Speaking of Nasty. which, I have a question for you. How long yeah. will you let leftovers sit in your fridge and still eat them? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Jesse does not like them sitting in the fridge very long. Uh-huh. I think I'm a little more of a risk taker. Yeah. <laughs> um, I say it depends i mean if it's just like fruit or vegetable i just kind of oh, look yeah. at it and see how it looks yeah me too um, if it's if it's food within a week a week <sighs> she's got a stomach of steel it. i'll reheat it like really well i use the mic i use the microwave and i make sure my food like i need my food to be really piping hot yeah so i think because i microwave it so high it's probably okay but yeah within a week I am a three to four day girl, max, on oh, like really? almost anything. I mean, fruit and vegetables, same. I like look at how it looks like. But like any sort of leftover dish from like a restaurant or something I made, I'm like three or four days. Wow. And pregnant, I try to do two. Like if I really want wow. it and it's the third day, I'll be like, fine, it's probably fine. <laughs> but I try to also reheat all my stuff on the stove, which doesn't get it probably quite as piping hot as the microwave. And also, I'm impatient, so I usually pull it off a little earlier. But I yeah. definitely, I definitely don't have like the strongest stomach, <laughs> so I know myself right. that like, because Beth, I was talking to Beth, and um, sorry, I'm calling you out on the podcast, Beth, but she was basically like, oh yeah, I go like a week for sure, no problem, and she has like an iron stomach, and so does Jill, and like yeah. they have no problem. But I know that I'm kind of weak, <laughs> even with all my gut health that I do. I still know that I just can't handle it very well, and I just kind of feel queasy, and I don't like it. So Maybe it's in your head. It probably is in my head. <laughs> I, I think wonder how, most things I in my life what, are in my head. <laughs> do you think it ranges, though? Because I feel like there's not, like, a set rule, right, for leftovers? It does. I actually found a cold storage chart. Maybe we oh, can okay. put it up on our Instagram um, on the USDA government website. It's fsis.usda.gov. We, maybe I'll post it on our Instagram. It's like okay. a cold food storage, so it depends on, like, fruit or vegetables, if there's meat in there, if it's just, like, pasta. Like, if it's just – if there's no meat or – yeah, no meat, I'm usually more, like, lenient with it, too. But, like, if it's just pasta or – I don't know. I can't even think oh. of what else it would be. I'm reading this dietitian. Um, and she says three to four days. Dang it, you're right. <laughs> well, you're not dead yet, Brooke. I mean, You've I'm still so alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, to go along with our danger zone, the danger zone. Danger I, zone. I would not Can recommend. We have that song? What? Like, yeah, we should. Like, maybe that should be our intro song this week. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we'd get sued for copyright laws. <laughs> Well, we can, I don't know. We have no money. Don't sue us. Uh, We have zero money. We're dietitians. Yeah, Uh, hello. 
Um, but I wanted to say that I don't recommend or particularly enjoy eating at buffets simply uh-huh. because they sit in that danger zone for a long time and you have no idea the last time they changed out any of it. It makes me feel icky. I would agree with that. Do you label your leftovers in the fridge? Do you label the date? No, I should. Me neither. Ten. I don't either. I, I do label, label when I freeze it. I don't do that. I never used to until I did breast milk, and then I was like, I should be labeling everything because sometimes I can't tell what it is. And one time I went to th- <laughs> I went to thought what I thought was tomato soup that I had made, and it was tomato paste. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, dinner's ruined. <laughs> Just have I tomato ever, paste. Have I ever told the story in the podcast about um, when I was nannying for this um, this family and I was house sitting for them and their um, their guinea pig died and so they asked me to put it in the freezer so that they could have a funeral for it when they got back. What the kids? No. Okay. So nobody knows the story yet. Oh, it's all good. Okay. So oh my gosh, I, I'm gonna die. I was like, oh my gosh, their guinea pig died on my watch. This is awful. So then I called my roommate who's a vet and I was like, can you please come over and like make sure that this thing's dead? She's like, yeah. Is it cold? Is it moving? It's dead. I was like, okay, can you wrap it up and put it in their freezer? So she puts it in the freezer and they come back from Brazil and forget about the guinea pig, the dead guinea pig in their um, freezer. So then like six months later, um, the wife asked her husband, can you go thaw some meat? Ew. So oh, I'm going to throw up. No. <laughs> and he puts it on the counter thinking it was meat for dinner. And it was the dead guinea pig. So he thawed the dead guinea pig on their kitchen counter. <laughs> oh, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> that is I'm sorry. The worst. the best I wonder range. if that traumatized the kids. They're going to eat the guinea pig. <laughs> I don't. I hope they didn't see it. Oh, that's hilarious. My um, birth instructor just told this story at class last week that she made a ton of those like padsicles for after she gave birth and she wrapped them in tinfoil and froze them. And that one morning her husband took what he thought was a breakfast burrito to work and it was one of her (laughs) padsicles. Well, at least it like wasn't. Yeah, it's not like used. Yeah, you just open it and you're like, oh. It's not not a dead guinea pig. Speaking of thawing food, Brooke, recommendation. Look at what a great transition. (laughs) So great. We're so great. We're so smart. Um, Best practice, I believe you would agree, is to thaw it overnight in your freezer or in your fridge. Fridge. Yes. Oh, Alyssa. Just need to get this baby out. And breast milk, yes. So, overnight in your fridge is best, like gold standard. If you forgot to take your meat out of the freezer, like I frequently do, best, uh-huh. next best case is in the sink 30 minutes at a time under cold water. But Correct. it sucks. I mean, it's not, it doesn't do great. No, it's not great. <laughs> I've tried I it. it. I forgot why we, we shouldn't be using hot water, but I, we did learn that in class. I think it's just the temperature changed too quickly and that oh, okay. can spoil your food as well. Okay. It's and just, then... It's gross. It also doesn't taste good. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) No, it just also tastes gross if you like, like, have you ever cooked frozen meat? Um, cooked frozen meat? Yeah, it sucks. It's bad. It's just not good. (laughs) So put it in your fridge, people. 
plan ahead. Just every night, think to yourself, do I need anything from my freezer? Yes. I posted this thing on my Instagram that says, I don't know who needs to see this right now, but you need to take your meat out of the freezer right now. (laughs) I saw that, and I was like, (laughs) Every day. Every day I need to post that for myself. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, Okay, and then the other thing you can do, you can microwave it to thaw it, but then you would have to cook it immediately. Yeah. Yep. So you can do it, just cook it right away. The reason why I don't love microwaving it is, I mean, first of all, I'm not a huge fan of you microwave. Hate <laughs> I don't love microwaves. We've talked about this before. I will use them in a pinch for sure. Like screaming toddler and he needs to eat, I'll use a microwave. But is because typically I freeze stuff in plastic and I really don't like putting plastic in the microwave. So yeah. I don't know, it's really hard to get meat like untangled from the plastic. <laughs> or right. like I have some frozen glass containers. But I don't use them all the time because then I run out of glass containers <laughs> and they're sitting oh, in the freezer. Yeah. It's so frustrating. So anyways, but yes, you can do that. Um, or you can do what me and my family do. Oh, we forgot to take meat out of the freezer. Great excuse to order pizza. Oh, we do that a lot too. <laughs> or we're like, what can we eat that doesn't require like yes. thawing? Yeah. Eggs are a great one. You can oh, just eggs. pretty much add it to anything and make it a complete meal. Or a sandwich. Yep, sandwiches. The bomb. Okay. Pasta. <sighs> okay. Veggies. <laughs> now she's getting hungry. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, pasteurization. We can talk a little bit about that. So the process of pasteurization is heating up a, a like an, a food item or a drink um, that they do usually in processing of the food before they sell it and before they bottle it. Um, that makes everything. Like, they basically heat it up to a point where it doesn't cook the food, but it kills off a lot of the bacteria. So that's why foods have, like, a longer shelf life than if you were to, like, like, for example, eggs. Eggs, actually, a lot of them sold on the market in the U.S. are pasteurized, so they actually last longer on the shelf than if you were to, like, freshly pick eggs. So, I love that you say eggs. 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 Do I say eggs. it super Midwestern-y? Oh, yeah. Don't you know? Oh, yeah. So, things that are pasteurized in the U.S. are are milk, juices. No, that's not how I say it. (laughs) Milk, juice, eggs, dressings, eggnog, cheese. I think that's it. Yeah. (laughs) But most of them will say pasteurized or ultra-pasteurized, and that's that process of, like, cleaning, like, basically heating it up to a point where that bacteria has been taken away. Oh, and then I wanted to go back. We talked a little bit about cross-contamination. I don't think we really explained what it was. Uh, yeah, go back. Yeah. So cross-contamination, which if you remember from the beginning of this episode, is my biggest pet peeve with food safety. <laughs> and it's basically mm-hmm. taking anything raw and crossing it over with something that you're going to, that's like ready to eat. So if I had like a spinach salad sitting on the counter or on a cutting board ready, waiting to be cut up, and I, like, use the same cutting board for my chicken at the same time or use the same knife to cut my chicken as my salad. Wow, that makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. <laughs> but um, any times that you're using, like, the same utensils or even if they're on the same part of the countertop, literally that freaks me out when they're, like, next to each other. <laughs> I know. So because any of those juices of the chicken that are that's still raw that gets in your spinach salad or whatever will actually cross-contaminate and then cause 
a foodborne illness. So don't do it, people. Constant diarrhea. Or the other thing, too, that I always do is, like, whenever I start cooking meat, I use one utensil until it's, like, almost all the way cooked, and then I switch out my utensil because I'm like, I don't know if this utensil has gotten heated up high enough to kill off any of the bacteria. I guess I'm not very good about that. I know. And if you leave your utensil, like, in the pan while it's cooking, it's probably getting hot enough where it's fine, but it still freaks me out. So I switch them out. And you know what? It's more dishes for me, less diarrhea. I feel like that's worth it. So yeah, that's cross-contamination. And it can be tricky because some of it's really obvious. Like, obviously don't dangle your chicken above your spinach salad. But some of it, like the utensil thing, isn't so obvious. Or storage in your fridge. Cross-contamination is very huge in the storage of your fridge. So, for example, my husband loves to put some raw meat right in the middle of our fridge. (laughs) And he has now been taught that it goes on the very lowest shelf because Does it very well could drip down. Well, usually it's like in, like whenever we buy meat at the grocery store, it comes in a bag, like a plastic and bag. And you just leave it in the plastic bag. Yeah. So it's probably yeah. fine. But when something's thawing, especially because it, you know, when it's thawing, it obviously leaks and right. has like the water dripping off of it, which could be contaminated. So you want to put it on your very lowest shelf of your fridge so it's not dripping on your like freshly cut watermelon or something that you're gonna Ugh. eat without cooking. Gross. Yeah. So fridge fridge storage to me is a big deal. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. I mean, um, and biggest thing I think too is just washing hands. Like washing yes. your hands before you eat. Yeah. Before you hands, eat. Before you prep food. Before you cook and after. Like if you touch anything raw or anything like that, you need to wash your hands before you touch another thing. Like, yes. I feel like people will cut something up and then they won't wash their hands and then they'll cross-contaminate that way. Yeah, no. You need to wash your hands before, during, after, cooking, eating, (laughs) putting food away. All of the above. Large, oh, and all your utensils and make sure you have, like, clean bowls and clean colanders and all that kind of stuff. So That too, yeah. Seems like common sense, but you wouldn't believe some of the things I've seen people do. (laughs) I know, and unless you've, like, worked in a restaurant as a cook or, like, taking classes like we've taken, I feel like a lot of this isn't most of it's common sense, but some of it people just don't know. Right. Yep. Which is kind of sad. And then the last thing that I wanted to touch on, at least, is um, checking, I wouldn't say frequently, but keep your eye out for recalls that come up. So you can check the USDA website. They'll have, like, major recalls on there or your grocery store. So our grocery store actually on our receipt because we're like a member. I don't know if you've seen this at King Supers, but if you uh, type in your member number, they go through your last bought items and they'll tell you if something you bought was recalled. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that, but we go there. It's So it's at the bottom of your receipt. It'll say something like, like one time I had bought flour, like an entire thing of white flour, and it said that it was recalled and it told us at the bottom that it was at risk for salmonella, white flour. Uh. <laughs> That I had bought. Exactly. Dumb processing. So, but it alerted me at the bottom of my receipt that it had been recalled and I brought it back and sure enough got a refund and bought different flour with no salmonella. (laughs) Well, dang. So keep your eye out for recalls and return your food. Don't be afraid to go back to the grocery store and return your. Remember that? Oh, remember Chobani yogurt had that big recall? Oh, yeah, I do. I had, like, three Chobani yogurts in my fridge 
that had like the correct number, like lot number or whatever, that um, was recalled. So I had to go back and exchange them. And now I buy Siggy's yogurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that stuff, too. It's yeah. so delish. So um, the other thing, just pay attention to your labels. When you buy a nut butter that says refrigerate after opening, refrigerate it after opening. <laughs> There's a reason why they say that. So I don't know. All those sorts of things. Pay attention to what the label says. Use chicken like raw meat, um, raw beef, raw anything within two to three days of buying the best you can. Don't refreeze meat. You shouldn't thaw meat oh, and yeah. then refreeze it. Not only does it just get gross, like literally the integrity of it, but you're bringing it back down. Anytime it goes through that temperature zone, that's dangerous. So if you thaw it on the counter or in your sink or whatever, it's going through that 40 to 140, but then you put it back in the freezer and then it's going through that 140 to four, or 40 to 140 again. And you're having... So the more times it goes in that danger zone the more likelihood the bacteria is growing. So, yeah, don't do it. Just eat it. It's not good. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I think that's everything I got. You got anything else? No, I think the main thing is just um, checking the temperature when you're cooking meats. Um, if you don't know, you can easily Google it, or a lot of thermometers come with a chart. Yeah. Um, washing your hands a lot when you're cooking, like between touching things. Um, and then not cross-contaminating. So label a cutting board. I We put an M on ours for meat, and it's it looks a little different than the rest of our cutting boards, so we know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ours so are color-coded. Those are our coded. biggest things, too. Don't, oh, don't cut meat on, on wood cutting boards because they're porous. Oh, yeah. We don't do it on wood. We have, like, a rubber cutting board just for meat, and then all of our wood ones that are nice we use for fruits and vegetables. Yep. Yeah, so because they're porous, those juices of that meat can seep into the wood, and you cannot clean it out. So, yeah, we've got plastic and glass um, for meat, and then, yeah, all our wooden ones are fruits and veggies. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's, that's the main thing, and, I mean, it's hard because if you think you have a foodborne illness, it's kind of hard to test for it, and typically they're just, the doctors are like, well, rest and hydrate, and that's mm-hmm. the main thing to get over it, so... If you're elderly, pregnant, or an infant, or, like, going through chemo, then you would definitely call your doctor immediately. But if you are healthy and it's just diarrhea or vomiting, then um, it's rest and fluids, and then it's not a bad idea to contact your doctor still. But that's going to be what they tell you to do. Yep. Gatorade would be good. Oh, yeah. Get those electrolytes in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope you learned something. Yeah. Stay and, healthy. Uh, message us if you have any questions. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Instagram at podcast or email us if you have any questions or concerns or recommendations or just want to say hey. We're at hello at dietrightpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Stay thanks. healthy and don't eat raw meat. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. We're so technologically Um, advanced. Our husbands would be so proud. I mean, they would be. They would be.